नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वसुदेवाय बाउ टू द लॉर्ड वासुदेवा आई बाउ टू हिम इन यू टुडे आई एम गोइंग टू रीड अ पैसेज फ्रॉम कॉन्वर्सेशंस विथ योगानंदा It's a strange story. There was a woman disciple of Swami Shankar, as the Master once told me. Perhaps as a warning, for during that time I was suffering intensely from self-doubt. This woman doubted all the time. She kept expressing her doubts and fears to her guru and would ask him, but what if this happens, or what if I do that? One day she said to him, but what if I die? Calmly, her guru looked at her and said, very well then, die. In that instant, she fell over dead. My first thought on hearing this story from the master was, what a drastic lesson. It didn't even have the usual miraculous follow-up, a revival afterwards, for example, or the discovery that she wasn't really dead after all. On further reflection, I realized that life teaches many lessons, some of them drastic. To grow spiritually is not easy. To give birth is not easy. To be born is not easy. On the soul's long journey through endless seeming incarnations, the death of one body is no more appalling than birth into another and into a completely new environment. That woman in her soul, however, would not easily have forgotten the lesson her guru had given her. Evidently, it is not one he could have administered more gently. Surely she learned, at least, that whatever a person invites to himself by expecting it, he must eventually receive. Desire is one way that man extends that invitation. Fear and doubt are to others. Be careful always, the Master said, to hold positive expectations. For you will attract to yourself anything you project into the universe. A true guru like Swami Shankaracharya always acts from the desire to help his disciples. Never is it his wish merely to get them out of his hair. Thus Shankaracharya's drastic seeming treatment of his disciple was in fact a demonstration of divine love and friendship. But It doesn't always seem that way. It cannot have seemed that way to people at that time. And yet he was still trying to help her. It was what she needed at that time. And <coughs> I noticed that the guru gives you what you need, whether it's pleasant or not, but he gives it out of friendship. And those who don't understand that think of him as cruel, but those who do grow. It's not an easy thing to take up the spiritual life, but I'm not trying to frighten you away from it for two reasons. One, it's the only thing there is. You have to go back to yourself. That's the only one thing you can't avoid. I remember after the movie, The Razor's Edge, came out, it was about this young American who went to India and achieved enlightenment under the guidance of a guru. And... Uh, I was sitting around a coffee table in college with some young people, 
And this young girl said, oh, I would love to go to India and just get lost. Well, I smiled. I said, well, whom would you lose? Certainly not yourself. You can't lose yourself. And so you can never get away from the destiny of having to know who you are. So for that reason, you should seek. For another, until you find, you will go on suffering. The, the sufferings and the satisfactions of this world are all fleeting. The waves going up and down and up and down, as my guru put it, there comes a time when you begin to, to experience a, a, an anguishing monotony. And this, I think, too, is what helped bring people to the spiritual path. It certainly helped to bring me. I had tried so many ways to improve myself, to learn what truth is all about, to find out my idea of truth when I was a boy was to it was inspiration and joy. I didn't think truth meant how many stars there are in this galaxy. That's not, that's a fact. But truth seemed to me to be obviously that which benefits man the most. And what is man looking for if not joy? So joy is the real goal of life. You are that joy. In the spiritual teachings of India, the goal of life is Satyavanandam. This was the teaching of Shankaracharya, Adi Shankara. Satyavanandam, my guru translated as ever-existing, ever-conscious, ever-new bliss. He added that expression, ever-new, because it doesn't get tiresome. It's always, just uh, always wonderful, through eternity. Well, you have to face this sooner or later. And so, why allow the, the sufferings or the tests of life to deter you. This, when you take up the path and you have the blessing and develop the uh, intensity of desire to attract the blessings of a guru, mind you, those blessings don't come by accident. Somebody said, well, is it you who draw the guru or the guru who draws you? It's God, really. God drawing God, but you have to have this longing for God. And when that longing becomes intense enough, then he sends you or draws you to the Guru. I, I talked to somebody who had met somebody. I didn't meet the man myself, but he decided he wanted to be, he wanted to find God. And he, in California, he went up onto a mountain and had a little, found a little cabin, or I don't know whether he built it or not. And he used to sit there and meditate. And one day he'd gone out for a walk and he came back and his guru was there. And a man from India who had just materialized to help him. Well, it's not such a strange story on the spiritual path. It would be in material and materialistic realms, but not on the spiritual path. The guru does appear when the disciple is ready. <coughs> and so... What you need to do is not go running around looking for a guru, but want God more and more intensely. When you find that guru, don't think that he's going to pat you on the head and make everything easy for you. What he's trying to do is break those things that have made you suffer. The worst of them being, of course, your own ego. He's trying to break you of that delusion and that limited attachment in order to make you worthy to receive 
the infinite consciousness. And so this woman had to experience the seemingly drastic test of death, but really it's not that much of a thing. <coughs> we all have to go sooner or later. Surely, however, she decided that she would not have such doubts again. If you doubt, if you fear, you attract things just as much as if you desire. But in that process, you discover that the answer is finally not desiring and not fearing and not doubting, but just being in God. What I found that uh, the best answer to my doubts was love. Love God, love Guru, love life. And you find that with that, he is always with you. Always. This is the wonderful thing. And I know it happened in that woman's case, too. She may have woken, woken up in another form, in another body. But it was still so. There is a joy that follows every test. Every grief, every wrong has its ending in song. All the tests that you go through, they aren't to destroy you and you mustn't think of them as downers for you because they are helping to clear away the dead wood so that you can walk more easily. They are removing those veils, those shadows, so that the light can come into every corner of your life. What is it that prevents you from being in joy right now? It's the darknesses within you. The way to get rid of those darknesses is not to beat at them, but to turn on the light. But sometimes you have to face those darknesses. That's what your tests are. If you face them with courage, you will find that through that darkness, suddenly that too comes to light. It all somehow disappears. It's like a wonderful fairy story that it all ends happily ever after, except that ever after is an eternal now. When, my, when somebody asked my Guruji, is there any end to evolution? He said, no, no end. You go on until you achieve endlessness. I have meditated so much on that single answer. It's beautiful. There is no sense in, in the eternity. There's no sense of past or future. It's all just now. When you can really convince your mind that that's what you're looking for, then isn't it worth... I mean, you go to a doctor and he says that you've got something that needs to come out and he operates on you. And if you're a child, you think, oh, this is cruel. But if you're grown up, you understand this is to help you to feel better. Once you've had your operation, once you've gotten rid of the the uh, obstacles that were keeping you from having full energy, you feel much better. Often it happens that people after an illness feel better than ever before. Don't think that the guru or that God is being cruel, but certainly he will put you through whatever it is you attract to yourself. So try not to fear things. Live without fear. Try to understand that the... the uh, Tests of life are a means of helping you to become strong. Because mind you, without strength you can't face that light. 
It takes enormous strength to be able to face that supreme of all energies. It takes enormous courage to leave everything behind you and go into that light. There was one time Dr. Lewis, Yogananda's first disciple in America, wanted him to give him a samadhi. Well, he wasn't ready for that samadhi, and he, however, kept after him and finally sort of backed him into a corner and demanded that he get it right now. And my Guruji said, well, are you ready right now? And he looked at him very forcefully. And doctor suddenly realized what it meant. He would meant no longer being the same person. When you have experienced omnipresence, you can't go back to being a simple little human being with wife and children, little preoccupations and so on. And you see, it does take courage to go into that state. It does take courage to leave everything behind you. But in the end, that's what it's all about. So do try to develop that courage. One thing, though, is the more you meditate, the more you begin to feel how attractive that is. And finally, it's not that you lose anything. It's that you find it on a higher level. A person who loves to drink, when he gives up drink because he finds something better, is he really losing anything? But if you were to deprive him of his drink, he might think you were being cruel. When you found a superior joy, it doesn't mean anything to give up drink. Like that disciple of Yogananda's who Yogananda must have felt that it was okay to give him Kriya initiation, even though he was an alcoholic. And he would literally have his prayer meditation beads for counting Kriya in one hand and a glass of whiskey in the other. And every now and then he'd take a swig and then go back to doing his Kriyas. Sounds ridiculous. And people said, well, with your habit, how can you possibly think of living a spiritual life? He said, well, I can't help my habit. But at least I can do something good with my life, too. And the more he worked on Kriya, the more he began to feel joy in himself, till finally the day came when he, he told me this story himself. When he, when he looked at that glass and he thought, I don't need you, he put aside, it aside and never touched whiskey again, never touched alcoholic stimulants again. When you have that joy, nothing matters, but the goal of the guru is to wean you from those uh, lesser fulfillments or lesser states of consciousness. Doubt and fear, of course, are not in themselves fulfillments, but they are magnets and they attract to themselves. And so, in a sense, when you fear something and it comes, you can call it a kind of fulfillment, a negative one. But when you find God, then that fulfillment no longer attracts you at all. You have no fear. When you live in God, there's nothing to be afraid of. You just find that you know that that joy is yours. You know it's yours for eternity. You know that nothing can really touch you. Meditation is what gives you that. If you can sit quietly every day, just for a little bit, half an hour, even an hour and a half, more if you can, of course, Less if you can't do more. Well, but do it anyway. You will see that bit by bit you'll begin to feel a peace and the, the problems of this world won't matter to you anymore. You'll begin to feel that, well, they aren't real. It's a great help to realize that this whole world's a dream.
that woman's life as a disciple of Shankaracharya was a dream. She went to the other world, she was still a disciple. He was able to help her in that world. The great masters don't see as we see a veil separating this world from that world. The more you go into your inner self, the more you realize that the infinite is you. So learn to live without fear by living with your hand, it go hand in hand with God. Though green summer fade and darkness draw near, my Lord, in your presence I live without fear. Through tempest, through snows, through turbulent tide, the touch of your hand is my strength and my guide. I ask for no riches that death can destroy, I crave only thee, your love and your joy. The dances will pass, the singing must end. I welcome the darkness with you for my friend. Joy to you, friends. No green summer fade and winter draw near. My Lord, in your presence, I live without fear. Through tempest, through snows, through turbulent tide, the touch of your hand is my strength and my